everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Today we are jumping into Zephaniah. It is a three-chapter book of the Bible, so we're going to read the whole thing today. Uh, It is an interesting book of the Bible. The reason that we're jumping into Zephaniah today is because he prophesied during the time of Josiah, who is the king that we read about yesterday, and we know that because it says so in (laughs) in verse 1. So verse verse 1 of chapter 1 is kind of a heading, and then verse 2 is like, oh, this guy's not going to be a very popular preacher. Nope. (laughs) Everything is very doom and gloom, but... It's interesting he's talking about not only the destruction of Judah and that it would be taken over, but also, like, at one point it says, like, the entire world, right? Yeah, I mean, the the first thing that he says, the, the Lord says through Zephaniah is, I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth. Yeah, like, holy cow. So there's that, and then there's also the um like the punishment or judgment of other nations that have risen up against the people of the lord yes so like this is like full out everybody's going to be judged situation there's a lot of judgment occurring uh in these chapters there's also a lot of judgment occurring in the world at that time we've talked about this a little bit in previous episodes but though the powers were shifting in a significant way. Egypt was kind of falling away. The Assyrian Empire was definitely falling away. The Babylonians were rising. The Medes were going to rise as they overtook the Babylonians. Uh, Judah is kind of caught in between because Israel and Judah are located in like really strategic trade routes, which is really interesting to world history. Um, That Israel kind of sits right in the middle of where all these people want to go and where they want to be. And so it is a tumultuous period in time, a couple hundred years of like a lot of shifting powers and changing empires. And so what Zephaniah is saying is, hey, the Lord is going to bring judgment on a lot of peoples and a lot of nations. A lot of those nations are going to be utterly destroyed. Uh, We know today that pretty much all of those nations were utterly destroyed because you haven't bumped into a Babylonian recently. You haven't bumped into a Mede recently, and you certainly haven't bumped into somebody from the Assyrian Empire recently. So God really did what he said he would do and brought judgment on many peoples always because they are not obedient to him or following him. Something that I kind of found interesting today, and I guess could be sort of a year part at the same time, in chapter 2, verses fifth, or well, verse 15, it's the last verse of the chapter, it's talking about the Assyrians, and it says, This is the exultant city that lived securely, that said in her heart, I am, and there is no one else. What a desolation she has become, a lair for wild beasts. Everyone who passes by her hisses and shakes his fist. Um, I think that is, I mean, obviously it was... The Assyrians were, like, 100% living in sin, like, disregarded God completely um, to the point where it was like, oh, well, we're secure. We don't need anything else. Like, we are in charge. We are fine. Um, And that, like, I think comes from, this is just what I think, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that comes from, like, this, like, very pointed, like, we are strong. We are powerful. We are a nation that no one can overcome. Um, And putting your faith and trust and hope in something so foolish is just, like, Oh, man, like God just must laugh at that kind of stuff uh, because he is the one that is fully in control and making um, all things work for his good. And if that means the Assyrians will be taken over, then they'll be taken over. And so I think 
in turn, that can also be one, if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this, like if you put things in the place of God, like everything is fleeting except for, um, except for him and like working, loving him, like working for him, loving him, um, showing him in your life, like nothing else means anything. And then for, um, believers as well, um, sometimes we can put other things in God's spot and just be like, oh no, we've got this. We're all good. We don't need anyone else. Like we're in control of this situation. I think that that verse speaks volumes because these were a strong people that thought they could do whatever they wanted. And God just completely like levels them down to zero. Also, since you're talking about chapter two in chapter two, God does tell them, Hey, you, you basically like you foolish people, like the remnant of my people is going to live in your lands when there's none of you left. So the people who call on my name will be living in your nation when there's no one left to call on your gods and Mm -hmm, no one remembers mm -hmm. the name of your gods. And so God here is definitely exercising judgment. There's no question. Um, He's definitely saying that he will save his people. Uh, His people are humble. They are right with God. They're obedient to him. Their trust is not in money or power or possessions. Or in the faith of those who came before them. Or in the faith of those. Talk about that. What does that mean? Well, basically, like, there have been generations upon generations of people who thought, well, like, we'll be fine. Look at the kings, even, like... There are kings that thought that they were better than, than whatever, than God or worshiping the Lord. And like their fathers who made God a priority, like, I guess they kind of just like took advantage of that and just kind of, well, whatever, I don't really need to do that. Um, like kind of, what's that? The the idea then would have been like, well, I'm a descendant of David. Like David loved God. I'm a descendant of Abraham. Abraham had a very special relationship with God. the coattails of those who came before. So God makes it clear in Zephaniah that the day of the Lord is approaching. The day of the Lord would be when his judgment comes. What's really crazy about this particular prophet is that he would have been basically encouraging Judah to turn back and to be obedient to God uh, during the time of Josiah, when a lot of this was already happening. Josiah was trying to reform a lot of things. What's crazy is that they would have seen the northern kingdom of Israel judged for their sin and carried off into exile in the Assyrian Empire, and it didn't cause them to change or turn back or repent. So they saw other peoples that had been told that they would fall. They saw them fall, Mm -hmm. and they still did not adjust significantly their own lives. I do want to say uh, God does keep those who are obedient to him, uh, in right relationship with him and oftentimes protects them and cares for them. Mm-hmm. And so you see people, uh, who are following the Lord where they might be carried into exile. They oftentimes are not coming under the same plight, uh, that many who were disobedient to God did. So a lot of people, uh, would have died in the attacks that would have, uh, incited the exile, Uh, A lot of people would have been basically like carried off and forgotten, but there are still righteous people um, who were captured and taken into exile that God cared for. Think of people like uh, Daniel. Think of people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, There are people that God cares for even when he's punishing the nation. Mm -hmm. And that idea is clear here. Uh, The the thing that I want to wrap up with is that in chapter 3, Uh, Verse 15, it says, The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The king of Israel, comma, the Lord, comma, is in your midst. 
And so there's this image of Israel before the kings where God is their leader and God is caring for them. And that is always the best situation. Mm -hmm. Um, When they're under all these kings, we've read over and over and over again where that does not work super well. And here in Zephaniah 3, we're envisioning a time where the people live under God as their leader and their ruler, and God cares for people who love him and are obedient to him. So that is our take on Zephaniah. Uh, it's it's kind of short and sweet. There's only three chapters here, and it's a lot of judgment and a lot of the fact that God will care for people who are obedient to him. So be encouraged as you strive to live a life of obedience to the Lord. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to jump into Jeremiah, and we will be spending a decent amount of time with Jeremiah. So we'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, If you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Zephaniah chapter one, the word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, son of Hezekiah. In the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away man and beast. I will sweep away the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea and the rubble of the wicked. I will cut off mankind from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I will cut off from this place the remnant of Baal, and the name of the idolatrous priests along with the priests, those who bow down on the roofs to hosts of heavens, those who bow down and swear to the Lord, and yet swear by Milcom, those who have turned back from following the Lord, who do not seek the Lord or inquire of him. Be silent before the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice and consecrated his guests, and on the day of the Lord's sacrifice... I will punish the officials and the king's sons and all who array themselves in foreign attire. On that day, I will punish everyone who leaps over the threshold and those who fill their master's house with violence and fraud. On that day, declares the Lord, a cry will be heard from the fish gate, a wail from the second quarter, a loud crash from the hills. Wail, O inhabitants of mortar, for all the traitors are no more. All who weigh out silver are cut off. At the time I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the men who are complacent, those who say in their hearts, The Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. Their goods shall be plundered, and their houses laid waste. Though they build houses, they shall not inhabit them. Though they plant vineyards, they shall not drink wine from them. The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty man cries aloud there. A day of wrath is that day. A day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blasts and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty battlements. I will bring distress on mankind so that they shall walk like the blind because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust and their flesh like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them on the day of the wrath of the Lord. In the fire of his jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed. For a full and sudden end, he will make all of the inhabitants of the earth. Chapter 2. Gather together, yes, gather, O shameless nation, before the decree takes effect, 
before the day pauses away like the chaff, before there comes upon you the burning anger of the Lord, before there comes upon you the day of the anger of the Lord. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, who do his just commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you may be hidden on the day of the anger of the Lord. For Gaza shall be deserted, and Ashkelon shall become a desolation. Ashdod's people shall be driven out at noon, and Ekron shall be uprooted. Woe to you inhabitants of the seacoast, you nation of the Cherethites! The word of the Lord is against you. O Canaan, land of the Philistines, I will destroy you until no inhabitant is left. And you, O seacoast, shall be pastures, with meadows for shepherds and folds for flocks. The seacoast shall become the possession of the remnant of the house of Judah, on which they shall graze, and in the houses of Ashkelon they shall lie down at the evening. For the Lord their God will be mindful of them and restore their fortunes. I have heard the taunts of Moab and the revilings of the Ammonites, how they have taunted my people and made boasts against their territory. Therefore, as I live, declares the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Moab shall become like Sodom and the Ammonites like Gomorrah, a land possessed by nettles and salt pits and a waste of forever. The remnant of my people shall plunder them, and the survivors of my nation shall possess them. This shall be their lot in return for their pride, because they taunted and boasted against the people of the Lord of hosts. The Lord will be awesome against them, for he will famish all the gods of the earth, and to him shall bow down each in its place all the lands of the nations. You also, O Cushites, shall be slain by my sword, and he will stretch out his hand against the north, and destroy Assyria, and he will make Nineveh a desolation, a dry waste like the desert. Herds shall lie down in her midst, all kinds of beasts, even the owl and the hedgehog shall lodge in her capitals. A voice shall hoot in the window, devastation will be on the threshold, for her cedar work will be laid bare. This is the exultant city that lived securely, that said in her heart, I am, and there is no one else. What a desolation she has become, a lair for wild beasts. Everyone who passes by her hisses and shakes his fist. Chapter 3 Woe to her who is rebellious and defiled the oppressing city. She listens to no voice. She accepts no correction. She does not trust in the Lord. She does not draw near to her God. Her officials within her are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves that leave nothing till the morning. Her prophets are fickle, treacherous men. Her priests profane what is holy. They do violence to the law. The Lord within her is righteous. He does no injustice. Every morning he shows forth his justice. Each dawn he does not fail, but the unjust knows no shame. I have cut off nations. Their battlements are in ruins. I have laid waste their streets so that no one walks in them. Their cities have been made desolate, without a man, without an inhabitant. I said, surely you will fear me. You will accept correction. Then your dwelling would not be cut off according to all that I have appointed against you. But all the more they were eager to make all their deeds corrupt. Therefore wait for me, declares the Lord, for the day when I rise up to seize prey. For my decision is to gather nations, to assemble kingdoms, to pour out upon them my indignation, all my burning anger. For in the fire of my jealousy all the earth shall be consumed. For at that time I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech, that all of them they may call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. From beyond the rivers of Cush my worshippers, the daughters of my dispersed ones, shall bring my offering. On that day you shall not be put to shame because of the deeds by which you have rebelled against me. 
For then I will remove from your midst your proudly exultant ones, and you shall no longer be haughty in my holy mountain. But I will leave in your midst a people humble and lowly. They shall seek refuge in the name of the Lord. Those who are left in Israel, they shall do no injustice and speak no lies. Nor shall they be found in their mouth a deceitful tongue. For they shall graze and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart. A daughter of Jerusalem, the Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival, so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at that time I will deal with all your oppressors, and I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time I will bring you in, at that time when I gather you together, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.